Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply on your website and I saw that you actually had uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper as the 11th recommended uh, read on your on your website, which I thought was fascinating. So you're clearly extremely pro-crypto, pro-Bitcoin. Um, do you see a difference between Bitcoin and crypto? Do you see Bitcoin being um, better in, in any way? So I'm not passionate about Bitcoin because passion entails emotion. Okay. I'm not emotional about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the best vehicle for money, period. That's it. That's a fact. Anybody that transacts and moves a lot of money, besides the discrepancy of price, aka price being correlated to USD, because we happen to live in a USD world, we're bound to it. If you think Bitcoin's going to disrupt the US dollar in the next 30, 40, 50 years, like you're just wrong. It's not going to be a thing. They could literally destroy Bitcoin if they truly wanted to overnight. But I think that it's a vehicle that is going to exist long term. Why? Because you can actually hold it. And that is the most valuable thing that Bitcoin has. It's not transparent. Bitcoin's ledger is not transparent. You can trace everything on Bitcoin, but you can hold your Bitcoin and you can have your Bitcoin and you can transact your own Bitcoin and you can do things with Bitcoin that you can't do with other tokens because one, they don't hold the same value. Two, they're deemed securities. They're not real, really money. Bitcoin is money. Anytime money's considered money in any jurisdiction, the IMF considers that legal tender. Where is Bitcoin considered money? El Salvador. Exactly. So Bitcoin, by law, internationally, is legal tender. So Bitcoin, by law, is the best money that we have in society. Now, this idea of central, why do I like it? Yeah. I like it because I have the ability to do whatever I want, wherever I want, however I want. Yeah, the purchasing power may differ, but that's simply because we're quantifying it in dollars. Mm. But this concept of centralization, this centralized economy, is a new concept. JP Morgan introduced this concept when banks were regional. So banks would operate at a state level, right? They would operate, if you it would you fuck up your banking relationships in New Hampshire, you could go down to Florida and bank in Florida. It wouldn't be a big deal. But he introduced this concept of centralization, which is what? Conglomerating all the individual nodes so mm-hmm. that you can manage them. Bitcoin is powerful because you can operate and transact with every node, every individual on the system, you can interact with them, you can transact with them. It's not just the fact that you can transact. It's the fact that you can transact with anyone. That's what makes Bitcoin fucking unbelievable. One, two, the fact that you can physically move any amounts of Bitcoin instantly. Physically, one flight, I can take $100 million worth of Bitcoin anywhere in the world. That's absolutely insane. So Bitcoin to me is the hardest money because it is programmed to be successful. Whether it becomes successful or not, it's determined to be tested because once again, it's just a financial instrument. So financial instruments need adoption. 
Financial instruments need faith and financial uh, instruments need trust. So if you look at what money needs in order for it to be money, trust, a means of exchange and a store of value, Bitcoin meets the definition of money. So Bitcoin is money, Mm -hmm. but I don't see it as a passion. Like, oh, I'm a Bitcoin. No, no, no. I am passionate about my survival. And if that means that Bitcoin is what I need to hold, which is what it looks like it's going to be or something along this line of being outside of the system, at least part of me, Mm -hmm. then that's what I'm going to do. Strategy. Mm-hmm. I understand. Bitcoin so, is a good part of the strategy. But what's interesting is there's a lot of people that think Bitcoin is uh, was created by the CIA. A lot of people say that because Michael Saylor is actually so passionate about it and has, I think, over 150,000 coins or MicroStrategy has, that, you know, he's CIA. Um, I think it was Dan Penner who said that he believes that Satoshi Nakamoto is Vladimir Putin. And if that was ever revealed, it would be to all of our detriment. Do you have a take on the founder of Bitcoin? Do you think there's some kind of sinister founder behind it? Or do you think it's genuinely programmed to be successful, to be for the people, by the people, and, and so on? I mean, no no offense to Dan Pena, but if you ask the man to turn on the computer, you can't do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you, it's not just, just because you're an expert in one thing doesn't mean you're an expert in everything. And at the end of the day, it's like USDT, right? USDT right now is super safe. Why? Because there's plenty of liquidity. So from a risk reward ratio, you don't think USDT is not going to go to zero overnight. There's literally there, there's literally tens of billions of dollars of cash. Same thing with USDC. You never thought USDC was going to be depegged, but you didn't know that they were at, at the SVB bank and they got depegged. But then it repegged when they rebalanced their books. But the whole point is you need to be operating cross cross dimensions, cross currencies. We're going back to if you want to be decentralized, you got to be moving all mm-hmm. over the board all over the board you yeah. can't just be stuck with usd in one bank account you're you're, you're asking to get fucked yeah you have to vi- diversify and you have to literally decentralize yourself you have to decentralize yourself why because when you decentralize yourself you decentralize your risk mm-hmm. it's like very simple concept of wealth preservation which nobody talks about because everybody's trying to make money but once you make the money then you realize keeping it is even harder so it's best to at least get some sort of preparation ahead of time but who do you think creates a bitcoin no idea. I don't really care, actually, who created the U.S. dollar. I actually don't know the answer to that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, the Fed. I mean, no. I mean, wait, wait, wait. That's not the U.S. dollar. It, it was just an evolution of time, right? I mean, the current exactly. U.S. dollar that we have was is a result of 1971 when we came off the gold standard. So that's the, exactly the point, right? It's just iterations of iterations of iterations of iterations. My goal is just to find the best vehicle of money. If I find right. a better vehicle of money than Bitcoin in the future, I'll take it. Yeah. Like that's it. There is no hodl bullshit. You know why? Because everybody that's telling you to hodl, they're going to sell on your ass. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> you know, I find that such an interesting point. I've been in this space a while, so I've seen a lot basically. So yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And, and it's funny because um, there's a lot of false narratives that they feed you to mm-hmm. keep you holding. Um, so yeah, it's, that's it's a, why it's the same narratives that the banks feed you to keep your balance in the, in yeah. their, in their bank accounts. That's the only way the system continues running. The only system runs is because you complain about the, the matrix, but you have a bank account. Mm-hmm. So you're part of the matrix and that's the, that's but you the, have to play the game as you say, but that's the thing. That's the hypocrisy. That's where it comes in is what is a matrix matrix comes from the word matriz matriz from the Latin comes birth. Right? So the matrix is a birth system, something that's created. Right? So you have a pre-created system and then you have something that's propped up. Right? So you have a propped up narrative, you have a artificially created ecosystem 
And between a narrative and between an ecosystem, you have people. So what you need to understand is that you are bound to both of those things because you are a person. You have a tax identification number, a social security number. You are part of the system. So in the, anytime you enter that jurisdiction, you have to play by those rules. And people, they think that they can just hop around, that things are just willy-nilly, that they can just go open up bank accounts, that they can just go and fuck around with their credit score and their credit cards, and they can just buy Bitcoin, and they just fuck around online and say whatever they want. They don't understand how the game is played. Sometimes it's important to understand that the game is played because the biggest fuck you that you can say to the system is, I've crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's. I am untouchable. Everything that I've done is perfect. When they look at your books, they can't fuck with you. When they look at everything that you've done, they can't touch you. The ultimate fuck you to the system is being so clean that they can't touch you. You're down in Puerto Rico. Yes. You don't have to answer. What's the matrix there? Like, what do you have to? That's, yeah. So what, the inter- what do you have to? Yeah. Yeah. So the ma- the matrix in in Puerto Rico is like an interesting one, right? You have a lot of extremely successful people, but then you're also in in an area that doesn't tec- technically belong to you, right? So the U.S. came, they just took over Puerto Rico, they kind of colonized it. Now you have a ton of rich guys that are going in there and basically paying no tax. So the people there are kind of like pissed, but the locals are nice and the weather is really nice. Mm-hmm. So maybe we run up a part two in Puerto Rico. You can come check out the the matrix out there. Okay, for sure. All right. I'm done. You want to beat the game, but you only beat the game by playing the game mm-hmm. and you have to become a player of the game. And that's where you have to play the game without losing yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is where you win, is making sure that your morals, your uh, values, your principles, your ethics, your reason for existence is not jeopardized when you play the game and then want to get out. Yeah, that's very true. I think that became um, really apparent during uh, during the flu time. For sure. When travel became restricted, you know, and you, you, had, you had to ask yourself, like, what are my options? What do I do? Um, and, you know, some people sold their souls so that they could travel. For sure. Other people found more creative solutions. Um, and it was interesting seeing, because, you know, I have very similar opinions to a lot of different people. And it was interesting seeing how different people navigated certain things. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't do certain things that other people did. They sold know? their soul because they had they needed the to pay to pay the price. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So your goal is to have the so you can pay any price. That was done so well. That was said very well.